Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 22 Minutes for Transformation. I'm Sean Patrick, and as always, I'm here with... Karen Mills Alston. Karen, how's it going? Everything is good. You know, we just had Mother's Day. So um, there are a lot of people that are feeling very loved up, and there may be some people who are not feeling so loved up because mothers can or different family members can represent um, unforgiveness. They can represent an opportunity to heal and and love again. So um, sometimes we have things that are put right on our path. Most of the time we do. And we get to say, yes, I'm ready to fearlessly do this work or not yet. I'll live with the pain some more. So we're all about, Sean, aren't we, um, moving through even when we're not ready to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oftentimes with a lot of resistance, but yes, you know, we have Mother's Day back in March here in the UK, and it's always a mixed day because I have friends and family who have you know, who've lost their mothers or yes. don't have relationships with their mothers. So it's um it's always a mixed day but i really do think it leads on in in the us time the us holiday um for many people will lead in perfectly to what this week is this is mental health week which is so important i know i'm really thrilled that we mark mental health week both in may and we also have a mental health day in october so that's a nice twice a year check-in for us to remind ourselves how important the topic of mental health is, especially anybody who is on the spiritual path, on a self-help path, just on a well-being yes. path. You've likely come to it because you've come through a period of poor mental health or you know if you don't um, actively practice, you could be headed towards a period of poor yes. mental health. So yes. it's, imp it's important to everyone, and I do feel that anyone who is a spiritual seeker is much more tuned into how they think and feel, so they're more likely to come across a period of, of poor mental health. Yeah, and it's, and it's really important for us, to stay, for us to stay grounded. And that means to... I mean, on a spiritual level, it means to stay rooted in the truth. Um, on a mental health note, it might mean that we check in with ourselves, that we really, um, we really are not only, we check in with ourselves to make sure that we're not only grounded, but if we need assistance, we ask for it. So, Karen, on that note, give us this week's question. So this is the question. And remember, it, it really just came through. Are you asking for help? Yes, such Are a you good asking one. For help? Yeah. Such and a good one and so important. It is. It is. And Reverend Michael says that when we ask for help, help stands for hello, everlasting, loving presence. And Ernest Holmes says that not only do we tap into 
this presence and this power, but we allow the health profession to assist us, to help us, because they are emanations of the presence. So we don't want to ignore um, doctors and nurses and mental health therapists. We want to include them in our practices if we need help. Absolutely. And it's something that I always couldn't get my head around for a long time because I was in this world of spirituality and self-help. And oftentimes there was this huge rejection of the, the, the medical model or the psychiatric model. Like it wasn't spiritual, like it was anti, like it was anti-spiritual which I don't agree with. I like what you just said. You know, oftentimes the universe, God's spirit, it acts through people and services. And being able to access mental health services, see a therapist, I mean, gosh, see a spiritual practitioner. How many times is a spiritual practitioner or a therapist someone's guardian angel? So it's, it's all, yeah, it's very much integrated. And I love what you said about, um, what was the acronym you gave? Hello, Everlasting Presence? Presence, yes. Yeah, and that's so important because we have all had that moment where our human self has tried to do everything. We've tried to fix it. We've tried to balance it. We've tried to organize it. And we end up on our knees saying, dear God, dear universe, take it from here. And that's yes. oftentimes when we've ran into a a mental health wall. It's so interesting because I can really relate to some point over the past couple months, I hit a mental health wall. And if I think about what preceded it, I was incredibly organized. I was incredibly structured. I had everything planned. I had my food prepped. I had all my calls scheduled. And little, little did I know that intense need to be so organized was because I was about to hit a wall of, um, about to hit about to hit a mental health wall so um get to learn how it shows up for you i only learned that this time if i start to feel like i need to be organized that everything is planned i'm about to hit a wall do you have any ways of knowing that you're about to enter into a um as not i don't even know what the right way to put it is as not a mentally healthy place as you could be yes when i think that i can do this all on my own mm-hmm. when I really step into my humanness. And I guess that might be the way that it shows up for me that I get very tight and very controlling. Um, it doesn't happen that way for me very often now. And I can just look back on things and know that uh, that's, that is the way that it shows up for me that I, when I become very emotional and then I lash out, I might say something to somebody instead of turning within or sitting with a practitioner. You know, we have these individuals who are practitioners, therapists, mental health supporters, I'll call them that way, AIDS. Uh, They are the ones who are there in place so that we can check in, just to check in. So no matter where we are on this on this scale, um, and you know there are some individuals we we've noticed this 
you and I had a conversation about a couple of people that are in our community who are experiencing mm-hmm. some mental health, um, a mental health crisis. Yeah. And they are not able to see it for themselves. And um, so, Sean, let's talk about that. We, because of the times that we've been living in in the last year, um, there are, because I know that people will go into a mental health crisis when um, their home life is affected, their jobs are affected, their, um, you know, things shift, they change. Um, when, when there is someone that we know that is going through a crisis like this, is there, is there any way that we can support them? Such a great question and so much to say on the topic. Uh, I know, well, there is, like you said, mental health crisis, which is Mm -hmm. very obvious, which is very, uh, overt but also don't be blasé around a constant feeling that maybe you're just a little unhappy or maybe you're very unhappy it doesn't have to present itself in the form of a breakdown or crisis because usually when that happens is because you've been unhappy for for a while so Mm -hmm. firstly it's be aware of yourself or other people who who aren't happy who are who are miserable, who are anxious, who are not showing up to things. All these things are clues that you're headed towards that wall, as I call it. You're about to hit the mental health wall. When when we're in a situation where we need to support somebody who has mental health issues, you know, I I did this training a long time ago. It's when I used to, uh, it's when I used to be a residential advisor at student halls a long time ago. But, you know, they really teach us to directly ask, ask the question, are you thinking of hurting yourself? And it's so bizarre to get your head there because you don't want to give anybody ideas, but seemingly the research says you won't. Like you, you ask somebody directly, are you thinking of hurting yourself? And then you can, and then you can help. You want to make sure there's support system around them. You want to make sure they're accessing a service. You want to make sure that there's medication options available if that's what they want. And the thing about mental health, which is so, it's the difficult of all the illnesses, uh, it ultimately comes down to something somebody has to do themselves. Yes, And that's why of all the illnesses, it's, <laughs> it's such a spiritual one because, you know, you can make, you know, if you have a broken leg, people want to get themselves to the hospital. There's, there's so many ways somebody else can make somebody better from something, but mental health eventually at the end has to come down to that individual, but be there, be a friend, make sure they're not at harm of themselves or others and direct them to a path to wellness. You know, I'm very open about um, the story of my book is at a very young age, I I came face to face with what I believe to be my own mental health issues. I don't label it in any way. I don't know if it was depression or anxiety. I'm very clear about saying nobody knew what was wrong with me 
weeks and including me and it really was just a consistent feeling of unhappiness over a long period of time and they say two weeks by the way if you've been unhappy for two weeks or more you you might have depression which is a real short time but it's good to know that that's that's the threshold. Two weeks, something's not right. And I went on a spiritual journey. I had a very incredible recovery process. I was young. I got to travel. I immersed myself in spiritual practice. But whether you're going to travel or immerse yourself in spiritual practice, it doesn't matter. The important thing was that I made a change. And yes. It's really important to decide I'm going to make a change. I know I'm not in any fellowship like AA or or um, any of the anonymous groups but mm -hmm. you know people who go to anonymous groups it's because they've decided no I'm now going to make a change and that is where so many of of so many of us are at with our mental health because I, I often believe in in most circ in most cases it's twofold it's internal it's your chemical balance it's your brain and also it's circumstantial it's what's going on outside of you and you've said yeah. that we've all lived through an insane 2020 there's no doubt the world's about to enter a mental health crisis because we've been isolated for so long so many of us have lost our jobs sorry i'm gonna let you talk in a second and it's just so <laughs> it's just so yeah it's so important to acknowledge that I do believe we're headed towards a period of time where people's mental health needs to look after more than it ever has been before. Yes. And to yes. guide people, um, guide people to their own path of recovery. Okay, I'll let you go. Yeah, no, I, I love hearing what you're saying. Um, and, you know, when I, I know that there's some physical symptoms to when people are um, experiencing something like that. Restlessness, fatigue, um, tense muscles, um, interrupted sleep. Uh, so it's really important that we pay attention to what's going on within our body. And as you were talking, I was also being reminded that it's important that we stay connected. Yes. We stay connected. So if you're talking about anonymous groups, if you're talking about a spiritual center, if you're talking about staying connected to a best friend, um, to family members, to whoever it is that you stay connected to, that we stay connected to, it's important that we do that because otherwise, and when I was having this conversation with one of my acquaintances, I, I asked this person that, um, and she said that um, she had pulled away from a lot of yes. a lot of those groups. So, and and in fact, I. We were having a meeting um, recently uh, with a group that we we're involved with, and I texted her, and and I was so, and she wasn't able to attend the meeting, and she appreciated me reaching out to her, and that was me touching her, that was me getting, um, just letting her know that I love her, um, and I'm that's one of the things that I'm going to do um, to support her. Because I also know that she has, she has family and friends. And what I have become very aware of is that it's her decision to make. However this unfolds, it's her decision. You know, it's a great spiritual metaphor. You know, we talk about the darkness and the light. 
And always when someone's talking about mental health, they are talking about the darkness and they they refer to it that way at times, the darkness. Mm -hmm. Every time we try and depict depression in some physical way, you know, it's, it's a black cloud. It's, it's a rainstorm. So poor mental health is a, is a biological, uh, is a, is a biological example of the darkness that we speak about spiritually. And on a, from a spiritual point of view, well, how do you get rid of the darkness? You don't try and get rid of the darkness. You turn on the light. And a great yes. example I can give here is we've all had that time where we wake up in the middle of the night and we are worried sick about something. Oh my gosh, it's, it's terrible. It's torturing. We can't switch off. It's, but the next morning in the light of day, that same problem doesn't doesn't feel like a problem and that's why and i thought about this when you were saying you know if you go to a spiritual center if you go to a church if you have a support group if you meet friends on a monday night for drinks whatever Mm. it is that is that is the equivalent of shining light on something you know it's really beautiful yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so if you're with people who love and support you that is the equivalent of shining light on the darkness and darkness can't survive Darkness can't survive the light. So I'm actually really happy to be going into this mental health week, having had this conversation, because that's really important. And Karen, it's what it's what both of you and I do for a living. We are <laughs> we we shine a light. You know, someone listening yes. to this, someone reading one of our books, someone engaging in something that we do, they're all examples of of shining the light. Yeah, and and I I don't want us to sound airy fairy Mm -hmm. that's not what this conversation is about Uh, because we know that there are individuals as you have already said who need um, who need a deeper support mechanism in place Um, they need to work with a, a psychiatrist an expert in mental health they need and and that's why help asking for help is really important um, because there are times when the things that we usually do are not allowing us to rise up and we have to be able to sit with someone who is going to give us some deeper support whoever that person is I completely agree with what you're saying about not wanting to sound airy fairy and mm-hmm. to to give it some to give it some credibility or credence. I uh, I have a master's in psychology and my my research was around this notion of flourishing which is optimum human well-being. Oh, and the study it was it was incredible, and the study I carried out it was getting people to measure their levels of flourishing, and then it was about measuring three other things: mindfulness, emotional intelligence, and spirituality. Mm. And spirituality came out as the number one correlation to flourishing out of all them things. So yes. I know we're saying we don't want to sound airy fairy, and I'm also going to say. I've personally conducted the certified research that says <laughs> that says, and I'll even I'll even get more specific. 
the the element of spirituality that was most correlated with optimum well-being was personal meaning production it's a it's a scale but yes. the, the ability to have the ability to generate meaning in your life when whatever that means that's a whole maybe that's our conversation for next week what is meaning but the ability to generate meaning in your life seems to be the thing that keeps people moving forward yes yes and you know we talk we talked last week about spiritual practices yes. things that um you know that really work so the idea is to allow us who are on this spiritual journey um it's important to practice every day to yes. practice every single day uh, and to listen to that still small voice as it is speaking to us um, and obeying it, saying yes to it. It's really very, very powerful. So you know I believe um, your survey. I mean, that's just where we both are in the midst of all of this, and we have to keep practicing, which means we have to stay connected. Remember, we cannot be uh, someone who's sitting on the mountaintop who wants to meditate all the time, away from uh, our humanness. We have to come out and be amongst them, meaning that we get to practice that which we, our mindfulness, practice our mindfulness, meaning we get to, we get to pay attention to things that may be disturbing us and do our inner work so that we can rise up. Because I really believe that when we don't do that inter, inner work, when we carry around unforgiveness, when we harbor anger and um, all that stuff, that, um, that grit and that grime within ourselves, that affects us physically. So to be able to really sit with ourselves or someone else and together um, let go and forgive and love and do all that stuff, work on our that inner dialogue that we have with ourselves, reminding ourselves how magnificent we are. That's what allows our mental health and our light to shine. It really does. And listen, I've been on, I've been on antidepressants and the rules are, you take it every day for two weeks before you notice a difference. And I am not anti-antidepressant at all. Yes. They're very helpful in my life. But apply the same principle to meditation or inquiry mm -hmm. or affirmations. Do it every day for two weeks before you start to notice a difference. And it's, I find it interesting, even in myself, like I didn't question that with the medication at all. I was like, okay once a day for two weeks and then I'll start to feel better but you know have that same faith or trust in your spiritual practice because yes. if, if you miss because if you miss your your medication then you it doesn't build up in your system I believe that's how it works so so approach your spiritual practice the same way you would if the doctor says yeah you know what you are depressed and here's a here's a medication they'll say take it every day for two weeks you'll start to feel better you know, go to your spiritual practice with the same principle as if the doctor said, I want you to meditate for 10 minutes a day and in two weeks time, you'll begin to feel better. And yes. I believe it's true. 
oh, I believe it's true too. Yeah. And and most of it is the is the routine. Yeah. It's having something in place where we remind ourselves that we are supported by this universal presence and we are more than what we think is going on outside of ourselves. Yeah. Oh, well, what an incredible topic. I want to just close the conversation by saying we wish you great mental health. Please get help if you feel you need it. There are, yes. no matter what country you're in, there will be a helpline you can access for free. You are so not alone. Thank gosh we live in an age where celebrities and politicians and sports stars and anybody is opening up about their mental health. One in four people will suffer a mental health crisis every year. So it is common. It is not abstract. It's not something that happens to other people and not you. Access the help you need, both mentally, spiritually, physically. And that really is the the basis of transformation, which is what we're here to discuss every week. So I honestly wish you a a glorious mental health week. May this be a celebration of your recovery. May this be the beginning of your recovery, or may this be an incredible time to acknowledge just how far you've come. Yes, absolutely. Well said, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.